Welcome back to DQB Does, the Drafted Quarters Podcast Network movie review show where we aren't trained weapons by the government, so this will never happen to us. With me this evening is my co-host, Russell. Six pounds of pressure, bud. Yeah. Six pounds of pressure. Sure. <laughs> what was the other movie? Oh, uh, Suicide Squad. They do it in Suicide Squad. The second one. That's not a sequel, but is a sequel. Yeah. The good one. Better one. And it was good. It was okay. I liked it. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was fun for sure. But yeah. the, like all three of them, one hit kill the guys in the back of the police van. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You got to get the, like, it's not easy to get the angle, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to be trained. Yeah. Or do it on accident. Or a lot of practice. That's what training is, Russell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, welcome to season six of the uh, Drafty Quarters Podcast Network. Yeah. Yeah. Happy season New Year. six. Let's go. And it's January. So you guys know what that means? It's fucking Nick Cage month. Woo! Let's go. We watched Con Air 1997, rated R, hour and 55 minutes of action-packed nonsense. Fuck yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the nonsense part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Emphasized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Simon West must be good friends with Michael Bay. I don't know. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is uh, it's a movie. <laughs> With Nick Cage playing Cameron Poe, and uh, he comes home from being in the Special Forces, gets in a bar fight, defending his lady's honor, yeah. kills the guy on accident, yeah. uh, and then he goes to prison, and his uh, court-appointed attorney <laughs> is like, you should just plead guilty, you'll get like three or four years, and then he pleaded guilty, he pled guilty, and he got seven to 10, which was the maximum that the court appointed attorney told him that he would get, uh, yeah, because the judge was like, we got to make an example of you cause you're a trained weapon. Yeah. You're not a normal citizen. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Self-defense man. Like God fucking stupid. Anyway, so he goes to prison and then it's just a, a kind of a montage of him riding back and forth with his wife and his uh, daughter who was uh, his wife was pregnant with when he got home. Is it really his? <laughs> <laughs> we never talk about that, but okay, whatever. Um, so uh, his in spirit. Yeah, sure. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he loves the girl. He loves his wife. He loves uh, the child that he's never seen. Um, and he goes to prison for like eight years and then he finally gets out. He makes a friend uh, while he's in prison. Um, his buddy's got diabetes. He's getting transferred to a new new play, new prison. And uh, they got to get away to get home. So uh, 
they take a prison transport plane and uh, Cameron's supposed to get dropped off uh, at Carson City, right? Yeah, I think so. I think he's supposed to get off at Carson City where it like makes a layover uh, and they pick up some more guys and drop some guys off. And then uh, it, it goes to like this Supermax prison. So, uh, yeah, freshly built Supermax prison. Yeah. So there's a populate. Yeah. There's a bunch of hard motherfuckers on this plane. Yeah. The hardest of the hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, of course these guys have planned to take the plane over and escape. Uh, and that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, they take the plane over, uh, on the way to Carson city. Um, there's a, a big scuffle with a, like a medic bag and all the, uh, stuff gets broken and the diabetes guy, he needs a shot soon, Yeah, but there's no needles. He saved like one vial of insulin. Yeah. So he's like all fucked up. So Cameron's like by himself. He doesn't really have any help. No. And he's trying to like stop this. Yeah. And it doesn't really work. No. <laughs> uh, they stop in Carson City. They pick up some more guys. They drop some guys off. Cameron tries to like warn people because, uh, you know, so they can stop what's going on. Um, and it doesn't really work out. They get out of there. Uh, they drop their transponder off. Uh, Dave Chappelle <laughs> takes the transponder and puts it on a, <laughs> another plane that's in Carson City. And then uh, I totally forgot he was in this. Yeah. So he like I, showed up on screen and I was like, oh, shit, it's Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's Dave. Dave. Uh, and he like starts hitting on this girl in the hangar. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I got to get back on this plane. Uh, and he doesn't make it. Uh, he gets stuck in the, in the landing gear. So they they leave Carson city and they're like, Oh, there's something going on. Like, we're not going to make it on time. So the, uh, uh, Poe or Cameron goes down into the belly and like finds, um, Dave down there. And like, he like writes a message on his shirt before like pushing him out. And he like falls from the sky and they get the yeah. message. And let uh, uh, John Cusack's character know that they're where they're headed and stuff because he, yeah, uh, Cameron knows the plan. And they go to this, like, uh, not abandoned, but like really out of the way uh, airfield that has like a graveyard, like an airplane graveyard, just a general vehicle graveyard, yeah. Um, and yeah, they're supposed to meet another plane there, uh, to take them to Mexico. So they get there because the guy that like is like kind of financing this and like wanted this to happen is like a member of, uh, like a drug cartel. Yeah. Uh, and he's like recruited all these hardened criminals that were supposed to be going to, uh, this other prison to help him escape. And, uh, so they get there and there's some shenanigans because there's another plane landing at the same time. And they kind of like wreck their plane, but not really. They just like get it stuck, but it doesn't matter because they're supposed to be getting another one. 
Um, so then that plane, like the other plane never shows up and they're like, what the fuck's going on? All right. We got to get this plane dug out so we can take it. Yeah. And, uh, Cameron's looking around for a needle to get, um, his buddy some insulin and, uh, John Cusack shows up and he's like kind of trying to throw a wrench in the works. And Cameron goes into this room or into this uh, building and finds another plane, but it's a little tiny jet with a bunch of cartel dudes there. That surely won't hold 30 people. No, no more like maybe 10. (laughs) Yeah. And there's like six dudes there, (laughs) but John Cusack also shows up and they kill all these guys. Uh, And then, so it turns out that the cartel guy was going to betray everyone and just him was going to leave. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, uh, John Malkovich's character figures this out eventually and kills, uh, the, uh, the cartel guy. Um, and you know, the, a bunch of cops show up and they like have to run through the boneyard and they set up a big trap and there's a huge action sequence where they're fighting the cops and, uh, Cameron finds a needle and is like, has to like run through <laughs> the firefight to get it back to the plane. Um, it couldn't go around. Yeah, it couldn't go around. So they get, they get the plane out and they like take off while these guys are all shooting at them. And, uh, uh, Cameron gets his buddy the insulin and they try to get off the plane but they're already in the air so they can't leave they gotta keep going and uh, they're gonna run out of fuel so they gotta go somewhere they gotta go somewhere else and they kind of stage like a m- mutiny while the plane's being followed by uh, these helicopters Yeah, and uh so Cameron gets into the, the cockpit and like blocks John Malkovich's character from getting in there. And he, uh, he threatens the, the, uh, the pilot who's swamp thing. What's his actual name? I know he's in a bunch of shit too. MC Ganey. Um, he threatens him and he gets on the radio and tells John Cusack's character that he's like kind of commandeered the plane. Yeah. They just need somewhere to set it down and they don't have enough fuel. So they're like close sort of to Vegas. So that's where they end up going. Yeah. Right. And they're going to, they were going to land at the Vegas air airstrip, uh, at the airport. But are they? No, because they don't have enough fuel to get over Vegas to the airstrip. So they <laughs> land on the strip. So they crash land on the strip. A bunch of people get hurt. Uh, the plane like gets fucked up and like runs into a, a casino. And then there's a chase where, uh, <laughs> so you think it's done. Yeah, You think the movie's <laughs> over. It's over, right? Yeah. But no, no, uh, swamp Cyrus things, the virus out the bottom yeah. of the plane. Uh, MC Ganey and, uh, um, Ving Rames and, John Malkovich's characters all get out of the plane and like steal a fire truck and try to escape. So then John Cusack (laughs) and Nicolas Cage get onto 
police motorcycles and chase them. And there's a whole action sequence with this and everybody dies in ridiculous ways, except yeah. for John Cusack and Nicolas Cage. Yeah. He saved Nicolas Cage saves the bunny rabbit stuffed animal that was in the hold of the ship that he was meaning to give his daughter for her birthday because he got out on her birthday. Yeah. Uh, at the last second, as it goes down a gutter, how did it get all the way to where they chased these guys to? How? Anything. There's a lot of how. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he reunites with his wife and his daughter. And his daughter's like wigged the fuck out about it because she's never met her dad, and he's like dirty and bloody, and like she just witnessed a fucking plane crash and shit. <laughs> <laughs> And she's eight. <laughs> if this isn't setting you up for the next 10 years of your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they, you know, they hug and stuff and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got your classic nineties. Yeah. Your nineties, like showing everybody, <laughs> but, uh, uh, the worst guy on the whole plane is the only one that escapes. Yeah. Which is Steve Buscemi's character. Yeah. Who might have been rehabilitated. Maybe. Because he, he didn't kill the little girl. Yeah. He doesn't kill the little girl. Yeah. He like leaves during the part where they're at the like boneyard and stuff and goes to like this trailer park and talks to this little girl and like has tea with her. Yeah. And then he gets back on the plane and you're like, oh my God, did he kill that little girl? But when they yeah. fly over, it shows that she's alive. Yeah. It shows her running around the corner. Yeah. So then when they crash in Vegas, he's nowhere to be seen. And then dirt, like before, right before the credits roll, he's like at a craps table with new clothes, shooting craps. Yeah. Talking about how he's the luckiest one. He's, he's so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But he was like a, a like a disgusting serial line. killer. Yeah, he talks about wearing a girl's head for thirty driving thirty miles. No, across three states. Oh, across three states. Yeah, yeah, for like hundreds of miles. Yeah, wearing her head as a hat. Yeah, yeah. This movie's wild. Uh, yeah. So like the pacing is super fucking weird because like it's it almost feels like it's just uh we're stringing these action sequences together yeah uh, the story is very loose I, I feel like they started with knowing what they wanted to do and then they're like how it, much money are you gonna give us to make this movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bro we're gonna do so much dumb shit <laughs> yeah like it was gonna be like a like a very intimate uh like indie almost film with like Nicolas Cage relearning how to integrate into society <laughs> <laughs> and they scrapped all of that for action sequences uh, maybe uh yeah i don't know it's weird um i it's super fun yeah i like this movie it's a lot of fun there there are some things that i really liked about it yeah one of which was not his accent no not at all i don't know what that was yeah um, it is an accent. Yeah. Uh, it does belong to a, a group of people. Uh, not him. Yeah. That's super weird. It, yeah. It was, it was a very weird accent. Uh, it reminded of when I tried to do a Southern accent, uh, when we were playing D and D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bad is what he's saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't but, know. 
Yeah. Uh, so the, the accent is bad. Um, I do think the pacing is very weird. Uh, I, I wish John Cusack would have had like more lines like what he had earlier in the movie when he's talking to uh fucking what's his fuck from Star Trek. Yeah, Colm Colm Meany, uh Agent Duncan Malloy. Yeah, Malloy. When he's talking to Malloy, because he yeah. like puts Malloy in his place the whole fucking movie. Yes. And I love it. Yes. Um especially when they're talking about like when he, he says he says a really good line that I don't remember now. He says a really good line that's basically like talking about how hard it is to get out of the system once they've been in the system and like oh, how yeah. the system makes them worse. Yeah, and Malloy's like, you're saying that we made these animals? And yeah. He's like, why do you keep calling them animals and shit like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he just repeatedly like, like I loved all of that dialogue because yeah, I felt those like are they, really good scenes. Like all of Cusack's lines are really good. Yeah. Like his, his lines are fantastic. I love him and uh, Cusack and Meany's uh, chemistry as far as like being the two guys that like hate each other. Yeah. But have to like end up working together. It, yeah. It's like a good, like not quite buddy cop thing yeah but it's like the eighth story in the movie yeah (laughs) but it's one of the that that is also i think one of the problems with the movie is like there's so many storylines that they're giving you like a little bit of yes and not really committing to any of them yeah like other than Cameron Poe's story. But yeah. I mean, even then that's not really committed to. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's the most prominent one, but it's not like fully developed. Yeah. And yeah. It, even if they were going to leave it where it's at to develop other stories, they should have like picked one or two instead of seven. And so, yeah, instead of a lot, like so every Bush- fucking character. Yeah. Like yeah. Steve Buscemi's character is like interesting because by the end of the movie, you're like, well, like, is he wrongfully accused? Yeah. So like that one was just enough right yeah it was like you had just enough and the right amount of progress in that you know and it didn't like take up too much time and it wasn't like force fed it was just kind of subtle and it was there and it happened and it was it took enough time but not too much time and it got far enough but not too far there wasn't a ton of questions that you needed to have answered that weren't answered. It left you wanting more like it was perfectly done. But then yeah. all the other ones that were side stories, there was either too much or not enough. Yeah. And it was like, what the fuck's going on with these? Yeah. 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 Like I Cyrus, like being the main villain, like I don't know him. Yeah. But there I watched was the nothing... whole movie and I know I do. I did not get to know him at all. Yeah. He was just a bad, bad guy. Yeah. And then Danny Trejo's character, like you gave us enough yeah. for us to like know that he's bad and not like him. Yeah. But like that could have all been axed to give Cyrus more anything. Yeah. There was no, so like the whole, uh, Danny Trejo with the, uh, the lady guard thing, the lady guard also like, I feel like there was a bunch of stuff written that got cut. Yeah. About all these characters. Cause like the lady guard had like speaking lines and shit and it wasn't really the only reason it was necessary is so that like Danny Trejo had someone to rape. Yeah. And, which is like ridiculous. Yeah. Like wild. what the fuck? Like that, that motive. And I know that's part of the motive for 
Cameron to stay on board because he doesn't want anything. But bad he doesn't to need two things. Yeah, he, he already he, has a, his buddy with the fuck with fucking diabetes that he's right. like been his only friend through his eight years in prison. Right. And I agree with that. He doesn't need two things. And if they were going to give him two things, they could have gave that whole lady officer story plot with like the threatening. They could have gave that to Ving Rames's character. Sure. So like not saying I don't want Danny Trejo in the movie, but he didn't need a thing. He could have just been the guy standing there. He could have just been Danny Trejo. Yeah. Yeah. And like Ving Rames could have had something extra or the guy that gets murdered in the, the bottom of the plane that Cameron Poe yeah. in, in, in eventually kills. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck was his name? Uh, Billy Bedlam. Yeah, Billy Bedlam. By Nick Chinland. Yeah. Well, that's like a cool fucking yeah, con name. Yeah, they had like a bunch of cool characters that then like didn't do anything. Like yeah. Billy Bedlam literally didn't do anything. The only no. thing he did was like be suspicious of Poe and try to kill him. Yeah. And that was it. He had no like character development whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know that there's just like too much. There's not enough focus yeah. for the movie. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that that drags the movie down like a lot. Um, but I mean, it still does maintain being fun. Yeah, because it is fun. But it's not by by no means is a, a cinematic masterpiece. No, <laughs> and I don't know that they set out to make that because I do feel like they were just having fun. Yeah, especially when we get to like the third act of the movie, it's just like what? Yeah, it's almost like a horror director came in and was like, "Let's have fun kills." Yeah, and then they were like, "All right, we need fun kills." Yeah, and like some of it doesn't make any sense, like. Fucking Cyrus's death. Yeah, where the fuck did that fucking press come from? Yeah, like there's like a <laughs> random like rock breaking press in the middle of Vegas, just like running in the middle of the night. Yeah, in the middle of the street because yeah. he falls off the middle of the bridge. Yeah, he falls off the middle of a or bridge. Falls through the bridge or whatever. Through through a bridge. He's on. Okay, so they're driving the for, uh, the fucking fire truck, and. Poe handcuffs him to the top of the ladder and he raises the ladder, <laughs> but then he handcuffs him to the top of the ladder and then just is magically not at the top of the ladder. Yeah. Like he there's like, not even a disconnecting scene. No, he's magically at the bottom of the ladder and raises the ladder while the truck is driving, which I'm sure there's some kind of safety to make it not do that. Um, and hits the ladder on like a, a walking bridge and and Cyrus goes through the bridge and then falls onto something like a car or something rolls off onto a conveyor for a rock breaker <laughs> and it puts his head under the press of the rock breaker and then just slams onto his head and kills him <laughs> and it's just like what the fuck yeah okay uh, crashing a motorcycle into the back of the, of the fire truck ex- just makes a fireball yep. and kills Ving Rhames. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Instant fireball. Yeah. Crashing the, f- the fire truck into a casino or no, into a, uh, uh, a stalled armored truck. Yeah. Full of money. That just like stalls in the middle of the road for no reason. Yeah. In front of the truck, into the front of the fire truck. Yeah. The is what truck. kills Swamp Thing. 
which gets checked before it goes out into service every day. <laughs> yeah. And blows up and is showering the whole intersection that they're in it with money in Vegas. Yeah. No, yeah. the movie's just like completely insane. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, also like at the beginning of the movie, Cameron Poe goes to jail for like defending his wife and accidentally shoving a dude's nose into his brain. Uh, uh, so what is to lead us to believe that he's actually not going to receive any punishment for anything that happens afterwards? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Cause he kills a bunch of people, steals like a, a police, uh, chopper and like wrecks it. But he's going to be fine. You know, one of my favorite things about Reacher is so far. Huh? Also, guys, I've been watching. I'm caught up on Reacher. Yeah, um, Reacher's fantastic. We need to watch episode weekly, five. That oh, was it out. Should be. Oh, fuck. Um, they're worried about people finding the bodies. Yep. Because <laughs> they know the things they're doing are still illegal. Yep. So, like, I love that because yeah. they're just like, well, you know, we're just never going to admit to, like, killing these 12 people and we're yeah, going to hide the bodies. Fucking put them in cement or, like, put them in the fucking uh, airport in a abandoned vehicle and wipe it down for prints and everything. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, they also all were cops. So like they all know they were military police. So like they know yeah. how to like get away with stuff. Yeah. But there's like it, it factors that in, but it's a t- TV show. Yeah. They have more time. They have more time, but Con Air could have been 20 minutes. I would have accepted Con Air being 20 minutes longer and like better or, or shorter and better. Or shorter Just like getting better. rid of some of those character stories. Yeah. 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 And like, I was upset that Dave Chappelle died because like, He's like my favorite character in the beginning. Yeah. Like, and he has a role. Yep. He has a clear and defined role. He has a thing. He does stuff like, yeah, he like, and then he's dead. And I was like, the fuck? Yeah. He just dies. <laughs> it's not even like he doesn't get killed by anyone. He just like, doesn't make it back to the plane on time and tries to climb the fucking, uh, landing gear and gets crushed by the landing gear closing. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, do you want to go down to the corner? Um, yeah. All right, guys, we're going to go down. Well, that's the wrong thing. What you were going to say? I was just going to say, I did like the movie. I did enjoy watching it. Yeah, it's fun. Like I said, we said it, we said it's fun. It looks good. It's a good looking movie. Yeah. Uh, Some of the CGI for 97, like, yeah, there was a little bit of CGI in it and it didn't look bad. Yeah. Yeah. The effects were pretty decent. So, yeah. Uh, so, all right, we're going to go, we're going to fly down to the, uh, Shane's trivia corner. Shane's trivia corner. Where the point of this corner is for you to say, put down the bunny. (laughs) That doesn't make sense, but okay. Uh, all right. John Malkovich was unhappy during production because the script was being rewritten virtually every day and he had no idea how his character was going to turn out. All right. Everything makes sense now. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That made a lot make sense. Okay. Uh, Dave Chappelle improvised many of his lines. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, the film is dedicated to Phil Schwartz, an effects specialist who died during filming 
Ooh, when a rigged plane fell and crushed him, this is actually the second Jerry Bruckheimer production where there was a plane-related death on set. On set, eleven, what? yeah, eleven years earlier, Art Scholl, a pilot cameraman, died during filming of Top Gun in '86 uh, when his camera plane failed to recover from a spin and plunged into the Pacific Ocean. Oh shit! Wow. Uh, the Las Vegas scenes were filmed at the legendary Sands Hotel immediately prior to its demolition in late 1996 when the production team learned about the city's uh, intentions to raise the historic landmark. They immediately scheduled a multiple camera setup to take advantage of the rare event, which is what you actually see in the movie. Hmm. That's cool. That's cool. The song How Do I Live was nominated for both an Oscar as Best Original Song and a Razzie as Worst Original Song. It did not win either award. That was a song (laughs) original for this movie? What? I didn't know that. How do I live without you? I love that song. I As soon as it started, I was like, oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) I can't believe that's fucking crazy. Yeah, I didn't know that. Hmm. That's also hilarious that it was nominated for both both best and worst original song. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, no one knew if this was a good movie in 97. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, the sight of the planes flying in low formation over the strip during filming caused a number of Las Vegans to call the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No shit. <laughs> Uh, the success of Con Air has subsequently changed John Malkovich's profile in Hollywood. While he was once typecast as a highly intelligent seducer, he was now first considered to, for the part of the highly intelligent criminal. Soon, though, mm-hmm. those parts became unappealing to him, and Malkovich gravitated towards European productions. Yeah. I love John Malkovich. Yeah. Nicholas Cage traveled to Alabama to work on his accent. Apparently, he immediately got back on the plane and went home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, Nick. This face-off from 97 and The Rock from 96 are considered by many to be Nicolas Cage... Oh, considered by many Nicolas Cage fans to be his holy trinity of action films. Uh, This, The Rock... And face-off. And face-off. I think... Both of those are better than this. Yeah, I hope. I don't know. I haven't watched Face Off in a long time. I know it's ridiculous, too. Yeah, I think they all are. But I I think The Rock is less ridiculous and more more plausible. Like, but except for maybe the like James Bond thing. But no, dude, that makes The Rock so much better. (laughs) It does. (laughs) I was just talking about the plausibility. Uh John Cusack considers Con Air a bad movie and hated the time he spent working on it so much so that he barely remembers it. Cusack only did it one because of the money and two to use his leverage in order to make his own indie passion projects. John Cusack hates everything he does. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he like, I feel one of two ways about John Cusack or I feel both ways about John Cusack. I feel like he is he like a super artistic, talented actor that like never gets out of his own way. Yeah. And like, I've always, I always loved him. I loved him growing up. He was one of my favorites, like watching high fidelity or gross point blank, like, or say anything, uh, that fucking war movie did. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what it's called. I think it's supposed to be like a, 
unofficial sequel to Gross Point Blank. Yeah. Um, John Malkovich and Samuel Jackson Jackson were guests on the Graham Norton show in 2015. Norton had pointed out to them the fact that they had never done a movie together, given their extensive filmographies. Jackson said of Malkovich, well, none of my movies are serious and he's a serious actor. Malkovich replied, no, no, I was in Con Air. If that's serious, I'm an astronaut. <laughs> I love John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh shit. Uh this was released in June 1997 the same month as Nicolas Cage's other action hit Face Off. Which came out a few weeks later. The film films were shot consecutively from the summer of 96 to the spring of 97 with the two productions nearly overlapping at one point. What the fuck? Okay. That's nuts. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, according to Danny Trejo, there was a lot of tough guy competition in almost everything on the set. For example, when one guy would spit on the floor, the others would immediately imitate it and try to spit even further. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Except for John Malkovich, right? Because he's probably just yeah, like, uh, you guys are fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the U.S. Marshals who run the actual Con Air program wanted nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. All right. Let's do one more. This is the last one. All right. Uh, Jason Isaacs revealed an awkward story in an interview about when he tried out for the role of Cyrus the Virus. His audition involved performing a scene with a handgun, so he said he'd used a nearby pencil as a prop. But when the camera assistant offered him a real gun he had tucked under his shirt in his belt, Isaacs said his voice shot up about three octaves, and he went all Jerry Lewis saying, oh my God, it's a real gun. He says director Simon West was as wide-eyed <laughs> as he was. He'd been working with the assistant for a while and had no idea he had a gun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for Shane's Trivia Corner. Uh, wow. Put down the bunny. Yeah. You ready to rate this? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give it a really fun seven and a half. Uh, I think it's it's a movie. It looks good. It's super fun. It has a lot of problems. Um, and we talked about all that, you know, pacing, um, non-existent character development, too much character development for unimportant characters, uh, just too much. Apparently, also being rewritten constantly did not help. So, yeah, seven and a half. Russell? I am going to give it a seven. Um, it is a lot of fun yeah. uh, for what it is. I do think it is like, I guess a good movie. Um, yeah. Cause it is, you know, we've had this, uh, we've watched, we watched movies like this before where it's just like, this is like the movie that you watch with your dad on Saturday at noon. Yes. We don't have anything else going on. Like, yep. It's fun little action flick. Um, but there is like also a, a decent amount of depth to it. I think like Steve Buscemi's characters is by and far the most interesting. Cause you just don't know what the fuck. And then, uh, 
John Cusack's dialogue. Uh, I like to highlight those two things. Yeah. Um, I think Nicolas Cage does like a good job playing the character that he's playing. He also got jacked. He did. He is jacked for this. Um, but he does, he does a good job like playing this character minus the accent. Like, I feel like he just, he went too hard on the accent. Yeah. Like it needed to be like a little bit more subtle, subtle. Yeah. Um, somewhere between subtle and Southern. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then I think it would have been, I think it wouldn't have been as, as glaring. Yeah, Um, sure. And then, but other than that, it just seems so over the top. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, overall I give the movie a seven. I think it's worth watching. If you, if you've never seen it, you should definitely see it. Uh, but if I don't know, that you would like it if you've never seen it. I feel like there's needs a certain level of nostalgia. To sure. Enjoy. <laughs> well, I mean, you you just have to like that kind of action movie. Yeah. Right? Or that too. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a seven and a seven and a half for our first movie in January's Nicholas Cage marathon. What is the next movie? The next movie, the next Nicholas Cage movie we will be watching for Nicholas Cage appreciation month of January is pig oh okay nice yeah i'm looking forward to watching that yeah i came out 21 yeah uh, yeah i think so okay all right well thanks for listening everybody this has been dqb does find us on all your social media by searching direct quarters productions you can also find us on patreon by searching the same thing subscribe for one dollar and you will get our our uh backlog of dqb does the mcu we are also going to be continuing that series only on Patreon um, with all the movies and stuff that we didn't cover when we first did it. Yeah. Um, that have come out since then. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to go through that stuff and I'm going to put myself through some uh, hell that I promised myself I would never go through again, but I will for you because I love you. And it's okay. I'll be there with you. Yeah. I know some of it is also hell for you. We're going to Dante and Virgil is shit. Yeah. We're going to go through the layers. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you can email us draftq at gmail.com. You can also find our Amazon wish list in the show notes. Have a wonderful time. Goodbye. Define irony. Bunch of idiots dancing on a plane to a song made famous by a band that died in a plane crash. <laughs>